I mean, I've got people that I'm able to keep up with on Facebook and Twitter and different things. I mean, these people have have children that are graduating high school right now. And, and, and they're into college right now. And so these are, these are people that, uh, and, and even younger, these are people that I ministered to when I was a young youth pastor all the way from 20 some plus years. And I'm seeing such an incredible divide between, between what is, uh, this traditional generation and what you offer and this generation down here, these millennials and the young Gen Xers and what they need. And I see exactly that some of the things that they're, the, the very things that they need are some of the very things that you guys can offer. And so I just stand in the gap this evening. And I really stand in the gap up here and I'm, I'm, I'm actually just actually pleading with you. Every time that I get a chance to speak to a group of, uh, of grandparents, that, that is really my, my, my goal for the night is to plead with you. Please allow us, allow my generation and the younger generation to receive the wealth of your knowledge, to receive the, the, the incredible gift of having your presence in our life, your wisdom, your hardworking attitude, just the, the abilities themselves. Even though we, we are growing up in different times and different, you know, our world looks a lot different than yours. You know what? Sin is still the same. And God is still on the throne. And he desires for us to be making disciples until he calls us home. And so that's why I really just want to just plead with you tonight. Is to be a part of your children and your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren's lives. And what do I mean by that? How do I get this information? Why do I come to you pleading like this? Well, because of what the Bible says. Look at what, look at with me what you, what the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 9. Look at what it says. It says, only be careful, Moses is telling the, the Israelites. It says, be watchful, watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen. I mean, the incredible things that they saw, how could they even think about forgetting? Well, they could and they did. And they paid the price for it. It says, says, but says, or let them fade from your hearts as long as you live. And look at this, these, this last sentence right here. It says, teach them these things that God has allowed you to experience. This, this abs, absolute firsthand account of, of you getting a chance to have a personal relationship with God. Teach that. Teach them to your children and look at the rest of these people and to the children after them. So what, what Moses is really talking about is generational teaching. He's talking about passing down this, this aspect of the torch of, of, of the faith and passing it from generation to the next generation. And that's why I'm, I'm pleading and that's why I'm coming to you and saying this generation down here, they need us. They need you so very badly. But here, the one thing I want you to notice is what this word teach is. It's literally the Hebrew word yadah. Yadah means to, to make known or to declare. And it actually has the idea of the fact that you've had experience. And so Moses used exactly the right word to teach us, to, to teach the Israelites then and really to teach us tonight. That your experience, what God has brought you through, how he's worked in your life, the things that, that you could tell, the stories you can share, all these things, God wants you to let that be made known. Here's another uh, New Testament verse found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. You know this story pretty well. This is Paul talking to Timothy. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy. And this wasn't just any kind of faith. This was a sincere faith. And that word literally means without hypocrisy. 
He was talking to this young boy, Timothy, saying, I don't see any hypocrisy in you, boy. I mean, that that didn't just come from you. Of course, the Holy Spirit is the author of all that. But you learned it. You were taught from somewhere. And guess where that was? Because it first lived in your in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And I'm persuaded it now lives in you. So do you see there again? There's that generational teaching. Simple word, legacy. Are you leaving a legacy in your family? That would be my question because when we don't leave a legacy, this is what happens. We talked about this particular verse last night. Joshua and his contemporaries, they, they were dead. Since a whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up and didn't know the Lord. And didn't know what he had done in Israel. How could that be? Only one, one reason. They weren't told. Nobody sat them down. Nobody talked to them on a regular basis. Nobody spent the time in the rhythm of their day. They didn't just just talk about who God was and and the incredible things that they experienced God do, not just in in their own lives, but in the whole nation of Israel. Somebody didn't didn't take time to to really just spend that that extra quality moment and, and making sure that these children understood who God was, where they came from and why they were even in this this particular land to begin with. All because there was disobedience. They didn't share. They didn't tell. They didn't take the they didn't make the effort. They didn't take the time. And so what I'd like for us to do is to just kind of focus back in on this verse, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Notice what it says. It says, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you go down the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. And we remember last night that word impress means to sharpen. It means to sharpen intentionally and to be repetitive in your sharpening. You know how that works, how you sharpen a knife. You do it intentionally. You hold those that blade and you hold that file just right. And at the same time, you're doing it over and over and over again because you want to get that blade nice and sharp. That's the very mental picture that we get whenever Moses says that word, impress them. The Hebrew word is shenan, impress them, teach them, be diligent in your teaching of God's word. And when do you do it? It's all through the rhythm of your day. Notice what it says. It says when you sit at home, when you lie down, when you go down the road, when you lie down, when you get up. And all these things are just as you go through your life. And so that's a little bit of an of a introduction, but also a little bit of review. Because honestly, I don't think we could hear this quite enough. And so here I, I'm just, I'm again, just sharing with you this incredible wealth of, of information from God's word. And he desires for it to just seep into your life so that it can actually come out. Into, your, into other people's lives. So let me just share with you some things that I'd like to, to really kind of focus us in on. And I want you to see if you can't notice a pattern as I go through some of these slides and see what you think about this. I just encourage you to talk about the Lord. These are to your children, to your grandchildren, and to your great-grandchildren. And you know, I understand your, your children may not be living at home right now, Maybe they've, they've been out for some time, but you have grandchildren. Well, you know, you're still the disciple maker of your children and your grandchildren. It just, you're, you're, you're just, just how that works has just changed. That's it. That's all. But notice what I'm just trying to encourage you to do. Tell your grandchildren about how the Lord brought you to your spouse. You know, there was the longest time I didn't have a clue how that ever came about in my grandparents. 
I had to really do some digging. I had to ask several uh, uh, family members what, what this, how this even uh, transpired in, our, in my family. And, and wouldn't it be just a wonderful story that you should share how God used just other people, how he used circumstance, how he used situation to bring you and your spouse together, their grandparents. What a legacy you could share with them as far as how God moved in certain ways. And, and in maybe in some, some, some cases it might be even be a very comical way. But yet nonetheless, share with them. How God moved in you to, to be able to get to the point where you are today. And therefore, they have the, that, that, that sense of knowing where their heritage comes from. They see that there was a, there was actually God's plan, God's inner working. They see God's hand all in that. Then that's why they're here today. Here's another thing. Tell them the story of how you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Tell them how, how God entered your life. What he did, how, what the circumstance was, maybe the actual, maybe you can even take them to the very place that you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Because when you start talking about stories like that, you're putting emphasis in their minds, in your grandchildren, in your great-grandchildren. You're helping them understand that I see, you're, you're saying, I see that this is an important aspect of my, of my life as when I gave my life to Christ. And when they start hearing that story, if they've not given their life to Jesus Christ, it will, the Holy Spirit will use that. And you don't know how he could possibly use that. But when they understand that and they know why it is that you go to church, why it is that you read your Bible, why it is that you pray, you can go back to that and say, because I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I want to be like him. And I want to allow him to, to, to move and to flow through my life in every aspect. But yet, I want to be able to be an influence in your life. That's what you could tell your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. Here's another thing. Share with them your favorite Bible verse. But also share with them why. Why is that your favorite Bible verse? Perhaps you, this is a verse that you've had committed to memory for, for years. And and just help them understand, hey, this is, I have hidden God's word in my heart so that I may not sin against him. And here's the verse that I have called my life verse. Here's the verse that God has led me to. He led me to this years ago. And, you know, whenever I get into that certain need, I just, I just remember when, what God has promised me through this verse. Whenever I get into that sticky or that tough situation, I go to this verse because he is speaking truth to me through this verse. And see, what you're doing... Is that you're just not saying, you're just not kind of spouting off a verse and just saying, well, hey, I hope you get one too. You're helping them understand that this Bible is really alive in your life. And it's, and it's so important in your life. You've actually memorized a part of this. And not only that, it works in your life because you go back and talk about it and, 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 and refer to it in, on so many different word, uh, times and occasions. And so allow the Holy Spirit to use these precious times to not just work in your life, but to work in their lives too. Here's another thing. Talk about a mistake you made in your life. Ooh, okay, well, okay, I get it. You, you gotta, you gotta censor some of this stuff. I understand. You, you gotta be very particular with it. You don't have to give out all the information, but what you're gonna do is help them understand that you live in this world too. Because they, a lot of times our, our, our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, they look at us as if that, that we're bulletproof. That, you know, yeah, we have some hard times, but you know what? We always get back up and we never fall down. And, and, and there, there's nothing that ever rocks our world. But yet, talk to them about 
a problem that you've had, a mistake that you've made. Because what you're doing is helping them relate to you on another level. You're relating to them on a level that they can understand, they can identify with. Because they make mistakes all the time. They're just trying to learn this this journey. They're just trying to figure this world out. And yet when they know that you've made a mistake, they can see that you're real. Here's another thing. Tell them about how God has been faithful in your life. Maybe perhaps it's through that very mistake that was made in your life. Maybe it's, it's, it's through a, a, a hard season of your life when, when things were just really uh, in, in, in dismal proportion. And, and you just don't know where, you didn't know where in the world to turn. But yet, God was faithful. He delivered you from that situation, from that problem. He allowed you to overcome that, that, that ordeal in your life. And He was the one that you give glory to. He was the one who rescued you. He was the one who overcame. And you were just holding on to his hand through it all. Your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, they need to hear these words. See, because they don't, if, if they, especially if they've never given their life to Christ, or maybe perhaps they're a young believer, they're, just, they're, they're not really understanding how all these stories of the Bible really fit into this world sometimes. And what you're doing is you're putting, you're putting flesh and bones right in front of them, sharing with them, this is how God has worked in my life. Share with them what the Lord is doing in your life today. See, because you could talk all about the past, but is God alive in you right now? And honestly, that's what they really want to hear. They they can see that you've done okay up to this point, but how is he working in your life today? Because God is always at work. He is never slumbering. He is never asleep. Matter of fact, we can probably see visibly maybe two or three ways in our lives how God is working and in reality, he's probably working in our lives in about a, about 5,000 different ways that we just can't see. But share with them what, what God is doing in you right now. Because that's going to share with them, that's going to show them that God is alive. He's working in your life right now because he is a personal God in your life. They want to hear these kind of things. Talk, talk to them in ways, uh, talk to them about ways God has answered yes to your prayers. Now notice we're going into another little level of your life. Your prayer life. This time that you get alone with God. In, in, a, in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, the Bible says, uh, it says come into his presence and, and, and with, with confidence, knowing that we can enter into his throne room, knowing that we are welcomed guests. And I know it's mystical. We're, we're, we believe in a God that we, we can't see, we can't touch, but we believe in him because of who we know he is, because of what we know he has done in this earth. We know because of what Christ has done on this planet and what he did on the cross, what he did through the burial, death, and resurrection of, 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 his, of what God did through his son. And we know that he is alive. But your grandchildren, they need to hear how you interact with God on a personal level, in your prayer time. They need to see and hear how, how he has really said yes to you in so many different ways. And this can actually be a time of thanksgiving, of praise to the Lord of how he has worked mightily in your life. But of course, there are times that he's not been so much of a yes God. Sometimes he's no. And maybe that's even been more so than, 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 than the yeses. However, when we talk about how God says no, sometimes we can take those no's and we can sort of look in the back, back past of, of our lives and, and, and sort of look in the rearview mirror a bit. And a lot of times God shows us why he said no. Not every time, but there are times. 
that he says yes, but there are times he says no. And our grandchildren need to hear that we have a God who loves us, who wants to take care of us, who sees the future and, and, and knows what the future is all about and knows what we, he, we need to have that answer yes to and also knows what we need to have the no uh, in our lives as well. Since he knows the, the, the future and the past, he's able to give us that type of answer and know, and we can know and trust that it is good because he is a good God and desires only the best for us. But tell your grandchildren and your great grandchildren how he said no. But here's something else. Tell them about how you how God, you know, what you're doing in your prayer life today. Share with them how you're praying for them. How you're praying for the family, how you're praying for, for the lost, how you're praying for your community, how you're praying for, for, for their friends, how you're praying for the church, how you're praying for uh, our nation, how you're praying for even the smallest little thing. Share with them how you are, are, are in tune with God and allowing that prayer closet to be just full of time where you are petitioning God. On behalf of others. But then you're also in that prayer closet. Really seeking his face. You're asking for forgiveness. You're allowing him to to do the heart surgery in your life. Through that time in prayer. Talk to them about that. Let them hear you pray. I mean whenever you have them over for for a meal. Let them hear you pray. Whenever, if they spend the night with you, make sure that you put them to bed at night. And right before, uh, if you could, just share a story with them. And then allow them to hear you pray. And depending on their age group, and of course, you got to be conscious of that. Don't use the big churchy words. Use, use words that they could understand. And as you do this, you're going to be starting to, to kind of lift off some of this, this layers of, of, of who God is in, in your own life and into their world. And they're going to start receiving this. They're going to start being interested in this. They're going to start kind of starting to ask you questions about this because they're, they're curious and they want to know who this incredible God is that you serve. And as you go through this, I hope you've kind of noticed that we've been going through some different levels. See, because there's conversations that you have that, that can mean different things. And, and I've kind of got it in this graph. It's the sandcastles, the snorkels, and the scuba type levels of, of conversation. And these are levels of communication between grandparents and their grandchildren. And here's what I'm talking about. The, 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 you know, the shoreline right there on the beach, you're up underneath the umbrella, you know, maybe just got a little bit of the water kind of touching your feet there as you're sitting in the, in the chair. Well, these are just kind of general conversations, just talking about the Lord, just talking about some, some things that are going on in their lives, just seeing what the ball scores are, who they're pulling for, how their ball team did. I mean, all these different things. These are just that kind of that level one conversation. But as you, as they get comfortable with you, as they start to feel more free and, and start to understand your relationship with the Lord and start to seek out that own, their own relationship with the Lord, then there's opportunity you kind of wade out into the shallows. You're out there and you're maybe about your knee level, maybe you're waist deep and you're talking, you're having conversation on a deeper level about the Lord. About, and, and that's what I'm talking about, where you're sharing with them how God's answered yes, how he's answered no, how God has, has placed in your heart uh, just a, a particular verse, the faithfulness that he's done in your life. These are those type of questions that you get a chance just to go that little deeper level. Because the goal is for them to come to know the Lord and for, for them to be 
in the, in the long run, sharing Christ and living for the Lord way better than any of us ever have. That's the goal. But see, then there's this third level. And this is the third level that some of us have never really lived in too much as far as, as far as some of the things that are going on in our world today because, you know, you, maybe you might want to talk about these type of level things. Talk about things that you struggled with when you were their age. Now, of course, you didn't have those little rectangles, those devices, those phones, those things didn't exist. The internet wasn't around. You know, so, so there, those type of temptations weren't really something that as far as having that device really wasn't anything in your world. But the sin that's attached to those devices is the same sin that was in your lifetime too. It was just in a different form, that's all. The temptations are still the same. The sin is still there. The, 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 the going away and turning, turning your back on God and trying to fill your own desires and your own pleasures, all that is something that they still deal with today. And that you did too. And so you need to get on these type of levels. Just share with them. Hey, this is what I struggled with when I was a boy. Because they need to, they need to be able to come to a parent or a grandparent freely knowing that they're not going to be chastised, but knowing that they're going to be loved and, and, and treated with grace. Here's another thing. Tell them about the things that tempted you at their age. Talk to them about the stuff that tempted you. See, because there you're going to be able to kind of get on that third level and, and get out of those shallows. And you're going to be right there in the deep water because, because they are in that world today. And yet, better yet, here's, here's what you want to be able to share with them. Share with them blank. See, because they're going to come to you someday and they're going to be asking, I hope anyway, as you, as you formulate these levels in their lives, as you open up and as they, they start to feel safe and secure in, in having that relationship and having those types of conversations with you, having those deeper level conversations with you, hopefully they'll come to you and ask you one day, hey, talk to me about this whole gender confusion stuff. I don't get it. See, that's the world they live in today. And I know that's not the world we've ever lived in. But here we are. Hey, hey, talk to me about how, how two men want to get married and how two women, how, how they want to get married, how they want to have children. These are questions that they need to have answered, but with full grace and with full on straight gospel presentation. These aren't things that we just kind of pull out and just say, well, and, and get, and get judgmental about. We need to handle these things very carefully so that they understand where our heart is because our goal is to connect with their heart. And by having these conversations, you'll be able to have those, those incredible deep level conversations to help them navigate how to be a follower of Jesus Christ in this very, very dark world. So that they become the salt and the light to their friends. So that they become salt and light to their classmates. So that they become salt and light to their schools, to their neighborhoods. So that they then become those believers in Jesus Christ that goes out and shares the gospel with boldness and, and have a confidence in going out knowing of how the, the legacy that you've instilled in them, that they've got that ability to go out and share the gospel with this lost and dying world. And I know that there's a lot of grandparents in this room who have grandchildren pretty close by, or at least relatively close by. But I also know that in a room this size, there's bound to be some grandparents who, who their grandchildren, they hardly get to see because they live so far away. 
Or maybe they only get to see them on occasion, on, on special holidays and so forth. And so connecting with them sometimes isn't the easiest thing to do. Well, I'd like to share this video with you. It's from a, uh, from a very good friend of mine. He's, his name is uh, Steve Clark. Steve Clark is, is actually my mentor. And Steve is a pastor in the, uh, in the Hickory area. And he and his wife, Connie, are just very special and precious people to me. One day, as, as he was mentoring me, we were sitting at a, at a restaurant. We were having some barbecue. And we were sitting there and we were talking. And, and, and I was just talking with him about, about Scripture and about what, how different things interacted in, in God's Word. And, and somehow or another, we got to talking about grandchildren. And he's got two grandchildren that live out in Missouri. And he was telling me, he says, you know, Mark, says when my kids, when they lived at home, it was my job to make them obey. I'm like, okay. So that's kind of my job too. He said, but now with, as a grandparent, my grandkids, it's my job to make them happy. Anybody going to say amen to that? I'm kind of with you there. That's kind of where, where, where my goals are heading right now too. But I looked at my brother and I said, well, that's great, man. I like that. I said, I'm going to steal that one day when I get my opportunity. I said, but isn't there anything else we could do? Is there something a little deeper we can go? Some, some place we can kind of just uh, put, put down our anchors that, that might be a little more substantial, a little, little more eternal perhaps? And of course, in, in Steve fashion, he changed the subject. He didn't want to talk about that. But the next time we met, which was about two or three weeks later, he said, you know, Mark, your words kind of convicted me. He said, and uh, I went home and, and, and talked to Connie, my wife. He said, and so we decided, even though our grandchildren live hundreds of miles away in Missouri from, from North Carolina, that we decided we're going to stay connected to our grandchildren on a weekly basis. And I'd like you to see this video and let him tell the story of how he and Connie stay connected to their grandchildren so far away. You can still have an impact on your grandchildren's lives, even when they live five or six states away from you. Hello, sweet Isabel. Six weeks countdown until you come to vacation with us for three whole... Our intention is to create a legacy of faith that goes through our children onto our grandchildren. If you search the scriptures, you're going to find the Lord speaking to the children of Israel. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And then he goes on to admonish them that this is to be taught by the parent to the child. And the Lord was very clear that we're to do this all the time. When you sit, when you walk, when you lay down at night, uh, it's a constant thing. And we want to add to that for our children and our grandchildren. Dear Charlie, we were so impressed to see how well you did on the Army Ropes course. It was great seeing you. We write them letters. So we good. try to send one okay. every week. What's going on in your world right now or struggles or anything that we try to address. When they'll tell us the verses, you know, that they have memorized and all. And so it's been a, a real neat connection to be able to have that with them. Uh, it's not a, a written, a general letter written to anyone. Uh, it's written to them specifically. And hopefully uh, um, we've done a, a job of being able to tie a scripture passage that will uh, inspire them uh, to do better or to try to do things better. I think the important thing in all this is that we don't get to hug them like we want to. We don't get to 
do the things because we live so far away. And this way, it is just like a sweet touch between us that we can let them know how much we love them. We are involved in their lives. We care what happens, the challenges, the heartbreak, um, the fun, whatever it might be. And then it's the, the very basic is that we all have a heart for Jesus and we want to encourage them in that. Keep up the good work. Be of good courage. Don't be afraid. The Lord is with you, as are our prayers. All our love, Nana and Grand. Is that doable? And you know, there's something very endearing about that written letter. I, and I know, I know they live in an age where they have these little rectangles and they're very captivated by these little devices that they have. And, and, and if you're able, send your grandkids a text. If, if you've got that capability, go for it. Absolutely. And if you really want to blow their mind, uh, do Snapchat. Y'all know what Snapchat is? Maybe one or two of you might. Try that. See how that works out. That would really make you cool. I'm telling you, that would give you some really cool points with them. But there's really something very endearing about the little bitty note. I can't imagine what it's going to look like. I, I, I'm really eager to, to, in about 10 years from now, I want to meet Charlie. And, and I, want to, I want to say, hey, Charlie, let me see your box. And I'll get, I guarantee you he'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Because I want to see wh- wh- how he has kept these, these letters from Nana and Pop. I've heard stories about how, how children, how grandchildren have kept letters from their, from their grandparents over the years and just how they refer to them on so many occasions. You don't know what impact you'll be making. And so here's, I'd like to just kind of share with you this, this last thought as we close. What you see right here is, um, is the desert in, in Israel, out in the outskirts of Israel. And you see a tree that's called the tamarisk tree. And look what the Bible verse says. It's in uh, Genesis 21, verse 33. It says, Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba. And there he called on the name of the Lord, the eternal God. Now, if you'll notice, this particular tree is growing in a bunch of sand. Now, this is a very special type of tree. Uh, it, it takes decades for it to get to look anything near this, this particular size. As a matter of fact, it, it's a, such a slow-growing tree that uh, people a lot, a lot of times they don't see it see it mature in their lifetime, and it gets its water somewhat from the taproot, of course, that goes down into the ground, but primarily it gets its moisture from the Mediterranean Sea. The Mediterranean, the the, the breeze will blow off the Mediterranean Sea and will carry water particles along through the air, and the and the foliage of the tamarisk tree will actually receive that moisture and, and grow. And as you can imagine. It doesn't, it, it takes its time in getting large. But as you notice right there, it, it produces a precious, precious commodity there in the desert. Do you see what that precious commodity is? Shade. Yeah, shade. Now, now notice that the word is found in, um, in Genesis twenty one thirty three. that the name is Abraham, not Abram. Abraham was an old man at this point when he planted this tree. This tree that takes decades to mature. This tree that takes such a long time because of how slow it grows, but yet gives such a precious commodity. 
He was approximately a hundred years old, perhaps, when he planted this tree. So tell me, what in the world would a hundred-year-old man be doing planting a tree that takes decades to mature? Why would he do such a thing? He, I'm sorry? That's right. He wasn't planting it for himself. He was planting it for future generations to come. Because what had God promised Abraham? That he would be the father of a, of, of, of many people. And so he knew that eventually God would fulfill that, that promise. He knew that there would be one day multitudes of people tied to his name. And so he knew that planting this tree, it would one day be used by people who bore his name. My question to us tonight simply is this. Are you planting tamarisk trees today? Matter of fact, I'd like to just give you this as a, as just a, a bit of a piece of homework as, as Bobby gave last night. I'd like to give this to you to, for tomorrow. Are you planting a tamarisk tree? And I'll ask you about that tomorrow night. And I'll just simply say, did you plant any tamarisk trees today? And basically what that simply means is this. Did you do something today in your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren's lives? Did you do something today that will mean legacy in the future? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for this evening. Thank you for your word and how it teaches us. And God, how you show us incredibly how, how valuable we are while you still have us here on this earth. And so, God, I pray that we would use our time wisely. God, I pray that we would be disciple makers until you call us home. God, that we would be leaving legacies. That we'd be planting tamarisk trees every single day until you say, come home. Because, God, every generation needs it. The next generation, the generation after that, every generation, they need to hear your word. They need to hear your gospel. They need to hear about Jesus Christ. And they need to know who your son is. And God, we pray that you would give us that privilege to be able to share that word with these precious people you've entrusted us with. And so God, give us that opportunity. And God, give us the strength to be diligent. In your precious and holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. Our hymn of invitation tonight is hymn number 294. Hymn number 294. You can be seated just for a second. I want to encourage you uh, as grandparents to do exactly what Brother Mark was talking about. Um, We got a phone call, excuse me, about 7.15 in the morning, my wife leaves to take our kids to school. And so my mom is a grandparent, naturally knows our schedule. And uh, my mom called my wife this morning, asked to talk to the kids on speakerphone, and encouraged my kids uh, to be Joshua at school, right? Not one of their friends, Joshua, but Joshua, who's supposed to be strong and courageous in Joshua chapter 1. Uh, it's the first time she's ever done anything like that. I would embarrass the fool out of her if she was here right now, but I just want you to know that it was it was welcomed for my wife and I. Um, your kids and your grandkids live in an absolutely evil, sick world. 
and they need everyone in their corner encouraging them to be strong and courageous. Uh, just like he said, these devices are horrible. Horrible. If I could smash every single smartphone with a sledgehammer, I would do it. I would throw every kid's cell phone, every teenager's cell phone in the water if I was king for a day. Because the stuff that they can get into on these things is despicable, and they're doing it. And I said for years as a youth pastor, if you think yours aren't, you're fooling yourself. I'm not calling all of our kids heathens, but we all have heathen tendencies. And so take his word seriously, please, as grandparents. We want you as parents to be encouraging to our kids uh, and to, to, to be another voice of reason in their life, pushing them towards Christ. And so thanks for everything you shared today. We appreciate it. We hope that everyone will take it to heart. And uh, I promise you, if you'll do the things he's saying, you will make a difference in your kids' and grandkids' life. It is never too late to start speaking truth into their life. I'm going to ask Dr. Tarkington if you would do the honor of closing us in prayer.